Welcome aboard. This is your captain, Johnny. And first mate, Jess. Thank you for joining us on our chaotic journey through fan fiction. This podcast will contain adult situations and themes. I would strongly suggest using caution when listening in public. But what do I know? We do not own these stories or characters. They're just along for the ride upon the ships of chaos. Hello, this is Johnny. And I'm Jess. Johnny, how's your week going? Uh, the week's going pretty good. The day, not so well. I hear that. <laughs> uh, they, I got to fumigate my house today, which caused all kinds of problems. Yeah. So was, you told me earlier you have to wipe everything down. Does that, was that like per the exterminator? No, um, I set, I didn't have an exterminator. I just set bug bombs off in my house. Oh, yeah. So does it say it like on the packaging that you have to like, you should recommend it to clean up for pets? Because you don't want. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. We're just taking precaution. Um, that makes absolutely perfect yeah. sense, especially with you just with baby Jack. Especially with a puppy that's still teething. Oh yeah, well dogs will get into anything, teething or not teething. It's just their yeah. nature. Yeah. Yeah. That's gonna have a lot of stuff edited out this week. Okay. <laughs> I, I weirdly really like it. <laughs> I enjoy so. editing. It's fun for me. So how was your week, Jess? So let me tell you about my Friday. Okay. Okay. So I'm two glasses of wine kind of Friday. So all week I have had maybe 20 minutes in between meetings. Like a oh, day. No. I've been stuck at my desk from 6 a.m. To 6 p.m. every day with like 20 minutes in between, like in my day. So today, I don't know what the hell I was doing. I knew I had back to back meetings four in a row. And when I looked at my calendar, I thought one got canceled. So I got excited. Mm -hmm. I left a meeting and I was like free balling through my house, right? I <laughs> went to the bathroom, I ate lunch, or I ordered lunch started laundry. I come back. I ended up being 20 minutes late to another meeting with like an exec, a pre executive president. Oh no. For my client. No wonder you're drinking wine tonight. So I, I call him and I apologize. He laughs it off. We get on the call. We reschedule. We get on the call. My husband decides to come home and barges into my office area to tell me a whole story, and I'm not on mute. <laughs> so this guy probably thinks I'm an idiot. Adulting sucks. It's so hard. You're I, tried, I tried to laugh it off too, right? But like at that point, like, can you do anything to salvage anything? <laughs> I still can't adult. My mom, everyone. <laughs> I am I am in t almost done with my first uh, alcoholic, not my father's root beer tonight. <clears throat> Which is also the best drink. But, okay, so you said something about adulting being uh -huh. hard. And I saw this um, 
SVG file for crafting mm-hmm. that said, like, adulting is soup and I'm a fork. <laughs> oh, and I've great. never wanted to put something on every t-shirt I own more than that. I bought, I, I, I told you I went and got some, like, extra clothing because I'm going to be at my mom's for the next few days. Mm-hmm. And, like, I tried to get everything on clearance, but I found um, a baby Yoda shirt, <laughs> and I had to buy it. You have to buy You can't turn it down. No. So, I just, I am done adulting today. But do you know what we need to adult and read the next chapter? Uh, first, what we need to do before I start reading is you have to give us a recap. recap. Okay. So last week we ended chapter six. Derek and Styles go into the mine. And do you know who they find? Cora. Cora. <laughs> I love that. They found Cora and uh, she was with three other people. Yeah. Or yeah. werewolves. Yes. But werewolves that were, dang it, what was the word? Moonlust. Moonlusted. That's it. Also, most importantly, at the beginning of last episode, or last reading, we got some human fingertip kissing. Yes, we did. Oh, my God. That's the most important part. Yeah, it's picking up. Was there yeah. anything else I missed in the summary? I mean, basically, that's it. They went into the mine. Yeah, that's basically it. They, they, uh, they went Hold into on. the mine. Uh, we have Derek at, in wolf form guiding. Yeah. All right, let's get back to this. Is there anything okay. in the summary that I missed? They okay, go into no. the mine. They go into the mine. We have Derek in wolf form leading Styles in the dark because it is, like, pitch black. Yeah. They get to a three-way tunnel, like, split. Because they're looking for an exit. They're looking for an exit. And Cora shows up with these three rabid werewolves. And she, at this point, she's begging. Oh, she, she runs up to Derek, and they share, like, a very intimate hug because they haven't seen each other in a while. Not, like, like gross, gross no, intimate. But like, yeah, sibling intimate. Like, si- sibling intimate. They're crying, and then... She begs Derek not to kill the girl because she's moonlusting, and that's pretty much where we ended it. Mm-hmm. So, hyper little Nori <laughs> um, promised us the slow burn is almost over. Oh, she did? Okay, good. In the review. <laughs> Let's talk about, was there like a slight cliffhanger again at the end of last episode? Did the female wolf Try to attack Styles. Let me see where we left off. It was 14, right? Mm-hmm. Derek and the female wolf were in, like, a little fight. There was blood yeah. spraying. It, it, Styles it threw it. himself back. Styles threw himself backwards to avoid her. So she tried to attack Styles. Derek stepped in. And then Cora says, don't kill her. She can't control it. And then Styles says, none of them can. Yeah, basically. 
and it says Derek's sister's friends were about to tear them to pieces. Wowza. Okay. Okay. So this is chapter seven, part one. It's called Melody of Belonging. That sounds pretty. It does sound pretty. I was thinking that I was trying to find a joke there, but there is no joke. That is just a very pretty title. Yeah, it is. Hyper Little Nori does a really good job of like naming her chapters too. Like they're yeah. all colorful in a way, you know? Yeah. So I still, my favorite though is Purple Fields. <laughs> I won't let it go. <laughs> okay. You ready for me to start reading? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. The blonde woman snarled and lunged at the limit of Cora's grip on her arms. Face trapped between human and wolf, wild with the moon. Styles gripped Derek's good arm that remained out in front of him like a shield. The suffocating darkness around the in intermittent circle of moonlight above. The wolves closing in, it all filled him with dread, but Derek's stance was set. Muscles taunt as if he were about to spring into, a, into the fray. He was ready to protect him at all cost, and he couldn't help but feel empowered by that re realization. He couldn't bear it. He dug his fingers into Derek's forearm. Derek, he began. The wolves were stalking them in a semicircle, bodies weaving in and out of the streaks of moonlight, eyes glowing eerily whenever they vanished back into the gloom beyond its reach. Back and forth they wove, a low, growling, warning constant, and echoing through the caverns, reaching out around them. One of them reappeared, a little too close for comfort, and Derek snarled bearing his fangs until it shrank back a few steps, putting a safer distance between them even as it grumbled with untamed savagery. Don't! Cora cried out again, even as she struggled to hold her female friend back. <clears throat> Cora tossed her onto the ground and pinned her with her full weight as, she, as the she-wolf started to wreathe and claw and roar. Derek! Cora pleaded. They're all Omegas, bitten Omegas. I've been trying to teach them to keep control on the full, full moon, but without an alpha. She cut off as the woman beneath her swiped at her face so hard it snapped her neck to the side. The blow st left her stunned momentarily, just long enough for the woman to throw her off. Okay, hold up. Question. What it, remind me what the difference between, like, an omega is and a bitten omega. Okay, so an omega is an a born werewolf that doesn't have a pack. A okay. bitten omega has been bitten by an alpha. Yeah, by an alpha, but doesn't have a pack. Still doesn't have a pack. What are you yeah. called when you have a pack? A beta. A beta. Okay. It was a long time ago when we discussed all this. Yeah, I don't even know. No, we probably, you, pro you probably covered it. I, yeah, we covered anymore. it in like the first episode. We covered werewolf dynamics. Bad memory and two cups of wine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where we're at. Okay. 
Derek! Styles' voice was rough and raw with desperation, and at the sound of it, the other two wolves slunk closer again from the opposite side. Derek's worried gaze turned from his sister to the she-wolf, to the two approaching, and just for a heartbeat as he turned his face, Styles glimpsed the panic there. It was gone as quickly as it came. Derek wrenched himself out of Styles' grip. The sudden jerk forward, drawing the female's attention toward him, sending all three feral wolves bolting toward him, away from Cora. They made a beeline for Derek, who still stood like a human shield between them and Styles. Styles floundered, scrambling for his crossbow without taking his eyes from Derek. But even as his fingers clutched at web-covered damp stone, fruitlessly, Derek threw his entire body forward, and the roar that rinsed from his throat had the whole cavern shaking with ferocity. Styles glimpsed his claws, thought he saw Derek's jaw practically dislocate with, with the feral force of the sound coming from him. The sound that had all three wolves freezing in place. Derek's body was heaving slightly with the breathlessness, but he rose as confidently as if he were facing down three tame show dogs instead of werewolves. He stalked forward slowly, steady, keeping his eyes roving between each of the beasts. The third wolf to have joined the fray, still wearing its wolf skin, whimpered as Derek's approach. Head twisting submissively, body lowering at Derek's roar. Styles swore he saw its tail swishing slightly from side to side, and Derek responded, murmuring a quiet growl, leaning in. Styles' breath caught, lips parting in protest as Derek put himself close to the wolf's furry neck. So its head, oh, wait, no, furry neck to its head, to it, its fangs. But as, it, but as if he'd heard Styles' Stiles, yeah. mouth open, Derek's hand rose, slightly gesturing for him to remain quiet. Slowly, slowly, the wolf gave a low, almost hurt whine and slumped to the ground, partially inclined to its side, casting his eyes up balefully at Derek as he slowly rose to his feet. The wolf thumped his tail once, and Styles' breath, well, breath caught submission. The wolf had recognized the Alpha's demand and offered compliance, and in return, his connection to his new Alpha had calmed the mood must within him. Derek had claimed him somehow, welcomed him as Pack, and shared the control he had under the moon somewhat. So this is, a, this is the Alpha power, right? Like he, I know Alphas can claim and like bring people, other wolves into their pack, uh -huh. like... Uh, did they do that in Teen Wolf? Like, did he just, like, make eye contact with another wolf and, like, the other wolf submitted to them? Maybe? Okay, so, season two. Uh-huh. Great example. Isaac is stalking Styles. Yes. In the police station. Mm -hmm. Derek is the alpha... Because he killed Peter in the first season. Right. 
he jumps in front of Styles and roars, and Isaac slumps to the uh, other side of the cell, uh, the cell, and kind of just submits to Derek. Okay. Yeah. It has. Does it have anything to do with like the bigger animal thing, or is this like alpha magic? It's just alpha magic. Okay. After a moment, the wolf's body trembled with the shift until a naked, curly-haired young man about Styles' age was left curled on the cold floor. All long limbs and all long limbs and submissive disposition. Derek nodded slowly. Okay, sorry, and don't mean to interrupt. <laughs> interrupt. Go all ahead. of these people are naked. And Piper yeah. Little Nori promised us that we're going to have an end to our slow burn. Like, what if she's sick and twisted and gives us, like, a giant wolf orgy? <laughs> Cora, and <De> <laughs> De Cora and Derek can't really, like, participate. or like, on opposite sides of the room because they're siblings. It's gross. I can like promise you there is not a wolf orgy. I'll take anything at this point. <laughs> <laughs> we're in deep. I mean, Nobody's Cora gotten in deep yet. Back to the story. There's no orgy. Darn. <laughs> I will be... Can we just give her a microphone and make her a third person? <laughs> we could. We could. No, I think I'll stay out of that one. <laughs> um, I can promise or, like, try... That one of our one-shot specials be an orgy. Good. I'll find you. I'll find you an orgy. <laughs> As Styles watched, he felt the same awe he used to when he when watching the Discovery Channel as a kid. It was an astonishing feat of nature that rendered him frozen in time for a beat. That was until the other two wolves shifted forward, testing their luck not grounded by the same connection the man on the ground had. Also, this is what I heard when um, you read that to me. Let me see if I can get this to play. I think we can play that too. I think the rule is 30 seconds or less of copyright material you can play. I'm yeah. Derek grumbled warningly, but they only crept forward faster. And Derek couldn't make the connection to both at once. Styles made a split second rash decision. He seized a, a fistful of crumbled rock from underfoot and, and tossed it in in the direction of the female, drawing her attention to him. She snarled and dove just as Styles rolled to the ground out of the way. Dimly, he recognized movement, heard Derek's familiar growl, and Cora's voice calling out. Testing his theory, Styles darted towards the man still ly lying quietly on the floor. The naked man was watching the chaos around him wearily as if he were ready to skitter back. He was grounded to a calmer instinct, to his alpha's command to keep himself 
but not able to process logical thought with the moon so ripe in the sky. The man jerked as Stiles skidded to his knees beside him, but offered a cautious growl of warning as the female closed in on Stiles. Stiles was no wolf, but Derek's scent had to be all over him. The way Derek had stepped between him and danger was clear even to a moonstruck wolf, and the man almost slithered out of his crouch, forcing Stiles to defiantly not look at his naked body. I saw, cr- I saw crotch. And the title of this episode, folks, is The One Where They're Horny. <laughs> one Where They're Drunk and Horny. Oh, boy. As Derek struggled to subdue the larger wolf enough to get close, to connect, the freshly initiated young man leaned up on his arms and and haunches and bared his teeth at the female, stopping her in her tracks. She cocked her head, perhaps dimly recognizing him, for he must have smelled of her, too. She hesitated and it was long enough for Derek to turn to face them again, for the cavern to fall quiet and leave the large wolf, now a tall, dark-skinned man staggering slightly, eyes glowing in the dark. The female stared between them, whining in confusion, eyes constantly coming back to the dark man like a long-lost dog, reunited with its beloved owner, uncertain but yearning. I know, Derek said, voice hoarse. He had his eyes on the female, even as the dark man came up behind him, as if he knew he could be trusted now, and Styles got it. Pat, he was initiated. Derek could feel his presence like an extra limb this close, and with the moon this potent, his hand gripped Styles' shoulder, though, even though he didn't look away from her. I know, he's yours. He gestured his head toward the dark man beside him. And he's mine now. And so are you. Such basic raw language, possessive and simple. Simply, you know, easily misinterpreted. If you didn't know exactly what Derek meant, what he was doing. He was calming them so that he would be their alpha as readily as he was Korra's. And contrary to all the tales the humans had told. Werewolves didn't create pack hierarchy with violence. Not really. It's all body language, Styles remembered Derek telling him once. It made a strange sort of sense, given how Styles and Derek moved around each other without words nowadays, revolved instinctively around each other, each other's every step as if in orbit. They were hyper-aware of the other's body language and movements just so in tune with each other that they could get dressed or sleep in the small space of the Camaro without much incident. I'm picturing Derek changing inside of that small Camaro. Well, do you think that they changed inside the car though? Or do you think they would like step outside the car, come back in? Cause there's not a lot of room. Well, it says here they got dressed inside the Camaro. What season are they in? Fall? Winter? Like enough where it's like, hmm. 
I don't know. I mean, I've changed it inside my little car. Mm-hmm. I put the, the 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 shades up for the, the the windshield shade up first, so nobody saw me. I mean, I've changed too. Like I, yeah. you know, we all do it. I just, I have, I don't know. I mean, I guess they could definitely be changing in their car. Yeah, but it says they're cha- they change inside. It says they get dressed inside the Camaro. They sleep inside the Camaro. I can just imagine them like moving around each other, like ch- changing their clothes. It's so like a it's- clown car. Like it looks like a small space, but inside it's like a mansion. Yeah. Camaros are actually quite spacey. They can be, yeah. I want a Camaro. <laughs> that thought <laughs> that thought was more comforting than any other. It felt warm. It felt like connection. It felt like home. Stiles knew that was what the two male wolves had felt when Derek had brought them into the visible, invisible claim of pack, of family. Knew that was the feeling that spread through the woman's bones as she tried to recoil when Derek reached for her. She flinched, and Derek's fingers caught her shoulder. Not violently, not menacing, men, 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 menacingly, just grounding rooting her in place as the moon tried to take hold like a sea sprouting and digging deep to find a place to belong when the winds of the world tore through. There was a terrifying moment where Styles could almost see her eyes flash with the thought of ripping Derek's hand off. Styles wondered briefly if Derek could grow back an entire arm, but then she seemed to just droop in his hold. Derek slowly drew her to him, drew her in by his grip, but Styles could tell it was more guiding her, steadying her along the path to her own making. She exposed her throat when Derek sniffed and brushed against her neck, and Styles' throat tightened when Derek released her, standing still as she surveyed, surveyed him with curious, puppyish eyes. She brushed against him in return, like sharing sense, acceptance, the way a friendly cat or dog might. And then the dark-skinned man stepped closer to do the same. Stiles tried not to let his discomfort show, because though everyone except him was as bare as the day they were born, there was nothing sexual about it. It was sort of beautiful, he supposed, surreal. Cora joined them, stepping close, and it was like a multiple embrace without the final closure of arms, all nonverbal and body language and soft sounds that Siles knew weren't human. Derek was the center of it all. Like the sun with the planets orbiting around him, looking and gently touching them all in turn, comfortable as if lost to the movement and knowing this was right. When the young man who had weirdly defended Styles rose to join them, Derek cocked his head and smiled. Hello, Isaac, he said with a smile, one reserved for family. Styles remembered Isaac, Cora's boyfriend from years before. The man grunted, evidently recognizing him, but unable to articulate to fully function until the moon had waned. To his surprise, when Derek squeezed Isaac's shoulder, he 
he lent into it like a dog starved for a touch or perhaps a directionless omega hungry for the comforting direction of an alpha. He was clearly so damn grateful to have that security. Derek let out a little sound of pleased surprise. God, Derek breathed as they gave him a little breathing room, still watching him. He spoke like a man coming down from a head rush. I don't know how to be an alpha. He sounded lost, and Styles made an abortive move forward, wanting to go to him, but feeling like an intruder on the moment occurring just out of his reach. Derek's gaze fixed on him nonetheless, aware of his every breath as ever, and Styles felt suddenly see-through, as transparent as glass, bare for all them to see. Derek was the one to move. He peeled himself away from his sister he'd been searching for all these years, from his new pack, and reached for Styles like he could see him slipping away. He cupped one side of his neck, then his jaw, eyes glinting supernaturally in the diminutive light. You He's okay? touching Styles, right? Yeah. He's like cupping his neck like this. They can't see us. <laughs> <laughs> We're both caressing ourselves. <laughs> you okay? He breathed. Styles nodded, not trusting his words. When all he could think was, am I yours too? Like they are? More than they are? Less. He didn't want to be a wolf. But not for the first time. He wished he had the same intuitive intuitive sense of what Derek was thinking. Sometimes after years without human contact, he felt like his instinct for human behavior was way off, untrustworthy. Like he wasn't sure if the things he thought he'd read from Derek were true or a reflection of his own hopefulness. Maybe we can get the werewolves back into wolf shape or into some pants, though, huh? He attempted, his voice just a little high, and Derek snorted. Styles' hand hovered without touching over the body and over the bloody gashes across Derek's torso and neck, wincing at the part particularly nasty one on his shoulder. I wish I could take your pain, he murmured distantly. Derek caught caught his hand, shaking his head with a tired little smile. All hill, he promised, with his voice still raspy, though soft as if his words held a much more intimate meaning than Styles could fathom. As Styles reluctantly drew from Style from Derek's grip <laughs> from Derek's grip to pick up the bags, he thought he saw Cora watching him curiously and diverted his gaze quickly. He might have been socially awkward before his isolation, but he'd always liked people, enjoyed the throng of crowds and the buzz of busy lives going around him, observing and interacting with different cultures and ways of thinking. Now, after being starved of it for so long, he felt only wary and unsure how to talk to people, at least of 
least of all the long-lost sister of the man he felt so much for he couldn't even find the words to qualify it quantify it wow all the same huh i said it's all the same quantify qualify qualify and quantify are opposites why are they opposites? I don't think they're opposites. I think they're one and the same. They, they have different meanings. Quantify is like to, dang it, I don't know. Hold on. <laughs> Express the measure of quantity. Great freaking explanation. Quantity is like how much there is it's something. Like, yeah. Okay. So qualify. These don't help. Be entitled to a particular belief. Be officially recognized. It's like qualify, like to like give a it's definition like, to it. Yeah. Hmm. What did we say was qu- quantify? Quantify is like to give depth to it, like a volume. Okay, so it is the same thing. It's the same thing. That's what I said. <laughs> I Listen, think I was my thinking friend. of quality and quantity. That's what I was thinking is quality and quantity. Oh, quality is like the standard it's like how, of it. It's like the, yes. yeah. And quality is how much there is. Yeah. Listen. That's what I was thinking is not quantify. It turned out the Alpha's call could ground his betas, but not force them into action. Derek seemed more susceptible susceptible to Derek. That's not right. Isaac seemed more susceptible to Derek, perhaps because they had a history, but the other two had been strangers to Derek before now, would have to build a stronger connection over time. Still, it kept them grounded, kept them from ripping Styles and Derek to pieces, even if they did start every time Styles got too close. They walked ahead in the end, with Derek, Cora, and Styles behind, and the cold soon drove them back into their wolf skin. Along this path, there were the same deep fissures in the ceiling, enough for Styles to walk carefully with his hand on Derek's proffered arm. Cora's evident awareness seemed to go unnoticed by Derek, though Styles could practically hear her mind working. How come you managed to control yourself so well when these guys couldn't, he asked, before she could speak, chatter his automatic defense mechanism even now? I'm having pr- trouble with voices tonight. I'm sorry. Okay. He saw Cor turn gaze toward the wolves ahead, just out of Styles' range, a vision in the dimness. I was, I was born this way, same as Derek, so it's different for us. I've been trying to teach them, but I'm not an alpha. Styles nodded, mostly to himself. And so what Derek did back there, that sort of mutual trust display thing, that's all it takes to bind an omega as your alpha, as your beta? Derek scoffed softly. Not all it takes. It's deeper than that. It's just wolves don't communicate with words. We said plenty, just not in the way you could hear. It's body language, like instinctive understanding, Styles surmised and felt Cora's attention on him again, as silent and observant as her brother. 
How long have you two been on the road together? She asked, a frown audible on her voice. Are you laughing at me? <laughs> I just, it's not you, but I hate Cora's voice. <laughs> you don't like Cora's voice. I'm sorry. I mean, I appreciate the character you're giving her. I just, she would not be the person I would be talking to then. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not. It's nothing against you. You're giving her a character. I just, giving her yeah. a character. How long have you been to been on the road together she asked a frown audible in her voice when Silas mumbled something about a couple of months she made a sound of acknowledgement before turning her attention forward again I've never seen a human as interested in, in us the way you are or watch an exchange between our kind the way you watch Derek in, initiate the others you watch like we're something beautiful or fascinating rather than something to be feared I may be making her voice a little too high. Keep Stop, with it, it. it wasn't as high as Pansy's. Okay, Styles didn't know what to say to that. There's only one other entrance clear, Cora said after a long silence, broken only by the eerie sounds of the wolves ambling through the dark ahead. We've been coming up here to hunt for a while. Get reserves. The miners had a well nearby that's still good. We're here camping out in a house in the town, but the hunters caught us up here in the woods a few days ago. We haven't been able to get back to town. They've been looking for us this whole time. There's so There were so many questions hanging between them. So many things Derek and Cora needed to say to each other after so long apart, but it would have to wait. Even in their moon-addled state, the wolves knew the way out, apparently, able to sense it readily as Derek was. They followed them quietly, but then even Styles caught the change in the air. It wasn't fresh. Everyone stopped. Smoke. Ahead of them, the wolves shrank back, as if re realigning with the ranks for strength in reaction to their instinctive fear. As tactile as ever, Derek instinctively grasped, grasped Styles' forearm, eyes flashing red as he stared ahead. He sniffed, then cocked his head as if listening. Styles just caught the way his face twisted in what little light shone through the lessening cracks. What is it? Styles asked, voice trembling, his throat already feeling irritated, eyes sore from the subtle streaks of smoke licking at his senses. They couldn't be far from the source, from the entrance. His stomach dropped even before Derek answered. Gerard, he muttered darkly. He's trying to smoke us out, or just to death. I'm not sure he cares which. Oh, well, fuck you, Gerard. I know! <sighs> fuck you, Gerard. Styles felt his blood run cold, shivering as he remembered Derek's words. It, it's a game. It was all a game. They would die in here, and it was a game to Gerard. A diligence, a matter of pride. Derek had only just found Cora. Styles would never see his dad, would never get to tell Derek anything, and it was all just a game. Styles, Derek said, as if sensing 
his rising panic, and Styles nodded, trying to control himself, even though he knew they were trapped. He tipped his head up to stare up through the cracks in the ceiling. The rock was thick above. He didn't think even werewolves could rip through it, but no sooner had he thought that than a shadow fell over the slices of missing ceiling. Some, someone was cramming something into the gaps in the rock far above. And even Styles could tell. And an odd, sickly feeling pervaded his senses. The spark, he thought, my spark just as Cora cried out. Get down! Derek's fingers stung into him, and he threw Styles forward, all of them hurling toward the smell of smoke, just as the ceiling exploded where they had been standing moments before. The walls shook, the ground trembled, and the caves behind them crumbled in. Echoes of further explosions sounding further back, where Gerard's man were taking no chances. They were trapped, uneven unable to even retreat into the darkness of the cave. The opening of the mine was just ahead, thick smoke billowing through it, almost blocking out the moonlight as it reached for them like ominous curling fingers, like death itself was summoning them on. Just inside the entrance, they stopped. Danger roared in Styles' ears, as ferociously as the fire that rose and rose with every second, closing off their means of escape, but the feeling didn't stem from the flames. Gerard is out there, Styles choked, dragging his hoodie up over his face. He could sense it. Gerard was watching his little game play out. Cora snarled and lunged forward. Derek made a noise of panic, but before Cora could even try her luck with the fire, she was rebounded back. It was as if she'd hit an invisible wall. She skidded back across the ground with a wince, her face smeared with soot and sweat as the heat swept over them. Mountain ash, she muttered darkly, even as she sp spluttered. Spluttered? What is spluttered? I don't know, but that's a cool word. I'm going to start spluttering. Splutter, to make repeated or sporadic spitting sounds. Okay. Also, if you Google it, there's a lady coughing, like, on a podium. It's a picture. Gross. Gross. But it also means to utter or express hastily and incoherently. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Styles saw Derek's sweat-dampened face twist into a grimace. It's what Laura and Peter caught Kate lying around our house to try and trap our family inside before she set the fire, Cora managed. It would have trapped us inside as if we burned alive. Just like now, Styles' mind supplied as he squinted against the smoke. The wolves may have been able to survive the fire. What is mountain it, ash? It's a is tree. it a plant? Oh, it's it is a tree. And like they burn the tree to ashes and then make a barrier out of it. 
and it like keeps like it's like has this like supernatural force to keep like supernaturals like within its barrier hmm. it's how like you can trap in like legend you can like trap fairies and werewolves and just like now, Styles' mind supplied as he squinted against the smoke. The wolves may have been able to survive the fire, but they could not cross. Whereas Styles could cross, but would likely burn. He went slightly, trying to remember something, anything from the si from the fire safety lecture at school. But it was as if he, as if the smoke and panic had formed a wall, he could not cross to grasp at anything useful any useful memory in that moment. He felt Derek's presence at his side, turned his head to watch through the stinging eyes as Derek stared at the building flames and smoke like a man defeated, frozen in time by his anguish as hell, hell rolled over and over without end. Styles watched as Cora, face twisted with the same anguished resignation slid her fingers between her brothers and Styles's heart broke it was all a game some sick game Ger Gerard was making them choose between slow and painful smoke and heat and the fire Styles didn't even realize he'd moved until Derek was gasping out a choked agonized sound that was almost his name the heat grew as he staggered almost blind toward the entrance. He winced as his palms snagged the rougher parts of the wall when he put them out for balance. Sliding through the grime and thick cover of spiderwebs, but he didn't stop. He just knew. The spark, he supposed. He coughed as he found himself blinking blearily into the moonlight and smoke as he reached the entrance. He didn't look at the fire, didn't search it for a weakness. He just felt it. He knew what to do. There at the edges of the semicircle of fire, he saw it. A sheet of old, rusted, corrugated iron left over from the miners work lay halfway enshrouded in earth by the entrance. He seized, seized it, the metal hot from close proximity to the fire, but not yet un untouchable, and he threw it over the weakness in the line of flames. It was enough. He leapt. It landed in a he landed in a mess of limbs over on the side, a foot or so from the flames, and scrambled onto his back to kick at the sheet of iron, it was enough. The line was broken. I have to remember the southern accent. So excited. Huh? I said I'm so excited. We haven't heard Gerard in a while. Shoot him. Gerard's voice, shrill with rage, cut through the sound <clears throat> of the fire, licking the earth. Styles only rolled onto his belly and ducked his head just as five bodies burst out of the gap in the flames. The fire snapped ferociously at them as they cut through it, filling the air with the smell of singed flesh and fur. Styles' head jerked up to see four wolves flying toward the men who had been watching from a few feet ahead, their screams filling the night. But then Derek was hauling him to his feet 
and away from the flames, swatting furiously at his clothing. Eyes red, eyes alpha red and panicked. Some of it had caught his clothes, Styles realized, feeling oddly detached from the moment as Derek ensured no smoking patch would take light. You're okay, Derek gasped, as if the fire and the danger and all the rest didn't matter as long as Styles was unharmed. So sweet. Styles only nodded breathlessly, hands coming up between them, shaking with adrenaline as he grasped Derek's arms that were holding him so tightly he could almost feel his flesh bruising. A shot ripped through the air, a gunshot, and both their heads jerked to the side to where Isaac and the other two wolves had torn into the hunters, the sprays of blood splashing across the grass like some abstract painting to convey the chaos. Another hunter had core to the ground, his boot at her human-shaped throat as he knocked knocked a bolt to his crossbow. Derek lunged, tackling him to the ground with a hard thud. At the same moment, Gerard stepped sideways out of the cover of trees, where he'd moved when the wolves had broken the line of mountain ash. He had a shotgun in his hands, and the barrel trained on Derek. Styles didn't cry out, didn't scream in negation. There hadn't been time for even a breath, he dove forward, seizing the barrel of the gun with both hands, jerking it up so that the shot that ripped through the air missed Derek by inches. Gerard snarled, caught off guard, apparently not realizing he was that close or unscathed enough to move that quick. He was strong, though, and jerked to try and loosen Stiles' hold on the gun. Stiles threw himself forward with all he had, Pinning Gerard to a tree, to the tree he had hidden behind like a coward, and jammed the barrel of the gun under his chin. Gerard sneered even as his face bled red, went blotchy from lack of breath. In a moment of uncontrolled panic for air, he released the gun to swipe for Styles' face. The blow glanced off Styles' jaw, making his face throb. But it wasn't a full connection. And it was easy with only one of Gerard's hands on the barrel to rinse the gun from his, him entirely. Without thinking, Styles cracked him across the head with the butt of the gun, and the old man crumbled to the ground. His hands shook in the silence that fell. The fire, Cora cried, her desperation cutting through as easily as it had fallen. She grabbed another corrugated sheet from the dirt nearby, part of what once had been a storage shed, apparently throwing it into the flames to try and stifle it, kicking dirt over it to stop it from spreading to the trees. Styles watched, disconnected, as she and Derek managed to get it under control as the three wolves licked the human blood from each of their other each as the three wolves licked human blood from each other's muzzles kind of gross they're werewolves it's still a little gross still a little gross could you imagine so they call them she said the three wolves in my head i thought of the three little pigs <laughs>
like making this story like the three little wolves that licked human blood. Yeah. God, that got dark. Absently, he wondered if it was because the spell of the initial line of mountain ash had been broken that they could cross it now. He wondered if that was just how mountain, uh, mountain ash barrier worked. Once a human had broken its intended purpose or because of the spark that sank through his veins, he swallowed, looking down at the gun in his quivering hands and steadied himself as he unloaded it. He pocketed the bullets before searching around for something to tie the old man's wrist. When, when Gerard was secured, Stiles scrambled with his still shaking hands to help Cora and Derek. The flames seemed to spit and hiss at him, snap like the teeth of, of wolves at his approach. But as he helped Cora to smother the last of it nearest the trees, it simmered in defeat. He tried to ignore the way Cora eyed him, wondering if, like Derek, she'd know what he was or if it'd be something they had to talk about when the world stopped with the insanity. The night was waning by the time they finished burying the bodies of the fallen hunters. By the time they started their weary, shaken trek back through the valley, Derek had swung Gerard's limp body over his shoulders like a sack of potatoes and seemed to be taking it all in his stride to, in, spite of the, of his in spite of his exhaustion. It was werewolf stamina, Stiles supposed, because he felt shattered. The adrenaline had faded about halfway through the burial of their enemies, and he was now running on steam. He braced himself against the cold sweep, sweeping through the trees now at the late hour, loathing how far behind he was falling. When it had been just him and Derek, it had been hard enough to handle. But their partnership, partnership had balanced out the things Stiles' body wasn't capable of. Now among the path, his weakness was more obvious than ever. He couldn't keep up with a pack of wolves. He couldn't make on eye contact when he eventually staggered to a stop, sinking down to his backside in the dirt with his back against the nearest tree. He squeezed his eyes shut against the exhaustion, the self-deprecation swelling in his constricted lungs and drew his legs up to his chest. Just need a minute, he breathed out, tilting his head back against the tree. Eyes still closed when he felt Derek's, Derek kneel beside him, sand his distasteful cargo. Stiles's throat felt raw and his eyes sore from the smoke earlier. He squeezed his eyes shut against the sting and against the purple dawn creeping up around them. Hey, Derek said softly, gripping the back of his neck gently. Are you all right? Stiles nodded, even though he wasn't, not really. He was holding them back. He didn't fit. He'd watched men die. He hadn't seen humanity in so long, and he just watched them die. It wasn't something he'd, he'd ever get used to. Even after all he'd seen in the last decade or, decade or so, there were three wolves and Derek's sister sitting across from him wearing some of Derek's cleaner clothes from their backpacks. 
his bones were chilled right to the core, the shock was setting in. All their faces were streaked with grime and soot. The three moonstruck wolves with blood. He nodded again, as if to convince himself because he had to be all right, for a little while longer at least. He just had to. Even if he didn't belong with those hunters, those humans back there, or the wolves around him now, even though he was starting to worry, he didn't belong anywhere. Here, Derek offered, passing the water bottle he just drunk from to Stiles, who drank greedily. The simple action helped him to take charge of his senses a little. When he felt calmer, he re reached up to wipe the thickest smudge of soot from Derek's cheek. Man, you're like something out of the Commando movie, he mused. Derek snorted, apparently content that Styles was well enough for now, and snatched the water bottle back for another swig. Amusement and relief soaring with affection in his eyes, glittering in the low light. Across from them, with the three wolves curled up around her, Cora watched their exchange, their casual tactile closeness in silence. Styles shifted slightly, still un unnerved at the proximity of others after so long. He wondered how he would handle the bustle of the settlement when they got there. When Cora shifted to take a swig from the water bottle, the wolves moved too, staring around them as if assessing their surroundings. The larger gray wolf, Boyd, Cora has said, shifted back into his haunches, studying the sky as if he could sense the sunrise, sense his anatomy returning to him. That's autonomy. Sense his autonomy returning to him. The others seemed restless, too, in a way that was more than just leftover adrenaline from everything that had happened. Their restiveness was easier for Styles to understand, to focus on, than Cora's presence. Not because of who she was, but because people were just so hard now. They were almost like something ethereal. It felt like Styles could blink and he would find himself dreaming again. Even in the moment, they did feel permanent. Styles felt like he'd forgotten how to interact on a basic level. When it was just him and Derek, it hadn't mattered. Now it just wasn't them. His world was widening every day, and the more it did, the more Styles was forced to acknowledge his feelings for Derek. Cora's eyes moved to his as if sensing his thoughts and Styles clears his, cleared his throat, shifting uncomfortably. How did you meet Derek? She asked, her voice soft, just like Derek's. Styles couldn't help himself. I hit him over the head with a crossbow. Then he saved me from a mountain lion. Cora blinked at him in surprise and Derek shook his head with a tired smile dragging his hand over his face. They talked in so soft tones for a while, tired, each of them still shaken. Cora spoke of su surviving out in the wilderness with Isaac, moving from remote location to remote re location. How they'd stumbled on Boyd and Erica a couple years ago. Om Omega's just like them. 
Somehow it was reassuring to see the same disbelief in Cora's eyes, the same sign of a person not quite daring to hope for more, for a promise of a home, security, and warmth. She felt the same way she'd, he'd felt when Derek had first told him his dad was still out there. Stiles winced as he stretched, his back aching from his collision to the floor, his head pounding. He felt utterly shattered, exhaustion creeping higher and higher in his bones. His eyes were sore from smoke and tiredness, and he cast his glance through the trees, trying to remember if they'd come this way. If they were anywhere near the Camaro, anywhere near the place he and Derek had dozed off not long ago. He remembered the closeness, the feeling of Derek's warmth heating him, his fingers touching Stiles' lips, his breath on his mouth from scant inches away. He felt Derek move before he saw him. His presence was like soft, prickling heat over his slightly chilled, tired bones. His spark almost hummed, but in a way that was pleasant and not the, the wary throb of a stranger or enemy's presence. It thrilled like a bird. Nope, it trilled like a bird as Derek's broad fingers gripped the back of his neck again, squeezing firmly to draw the discomfort away. Let me just say, it's getting awfully comfortable with like just touching Styles' lips. He he didn't touch his lips this time. He he Styles was just remembering that he touched his lips. Oh. He is he is touching his neck intimately though and drawing out the pain. Uh-huh. Yeah, I see the word remembered. Yeah. I see it now. Yeah. Damn. Blue bald again. I just want them to touch. <laughs> he is touching him. I know, but I want their lips to touch. <laughs> it's like Barbosa. Kiss already. Kiss already. Yeah. A few seconds for me versus hours for you. Derek had once said when Styles had protested at Derek taking his discomfort from roughly sleeping or from his injuries when they'd first met. Styles wasn't arguing now, if only because contact with this man was pretty much addictive at this point. He wanted to gra grasp Derek to him and not let go, but now his sister was right there. There were others right there, and the fact that they could see their affectionate, casual comfort made him realize that it wasn't just a simple connection of kindred spirits. It was so much more, something he wasn't sure, even sure if he had a name for. A frisson of awareness moved through the wolves, a prickle through the hairs on their back, like a wave moving over them, then Cora, then Derek, each of them unconsciously shifting their gaze eastward. The moment was almost otherworldly. Their faces cast a delicate, almost ghostly pre-dawn light, a perfect stillness untouched by any sound other than the wind. Styles jerked in surprise when Cora let out a howl that sounded more animal than her elfin features looked capable of. It was a long, high sound that pierced the sky just as the sun crested, high and full of longing and, perha and perhaps quiet hope. As the sound started to wane like the moon, 
Isaac chimed in, then Erica, then Boyd, until their howls were falling and cresting over each other like the waves on a rip. Styles, no, Cora shuddered with the change until she sat alongside her packmates as a wolf Styles had glimpsed in the cave. She and her pack looked like beautiful feats of nature now instead of wraiths from a nightmare. Movement caught his attention, a soft, warm grip over his fingers. He turned his head to see Derek still looking at the light glistening across the rich brown-red of the treetops, with his fingers covering Styles on the ground between them. He didn't know why Derek wasn't joining them. If he was worried about Styles' reactions to such a visceral, animalistic act, act, embarrassed or uncertain, he was welcome with how new his place was among his pack, even as an alpha. He didn't carry the self-assurance of one, after all. He was never born to this. Styles also didn't know if the group were howling to protect their pack, to make any potential enemies think their combination of harmonies were that of a larger, stronger pack, if they were doing it for solidarity, for the comfort, or just for the hell of it. Whatever their reason, Styles, acting on impulse, tipped his head back and howled. Uh-huh, so cute. <laughs> It was a loud, whooping noise completely out of touch with the melody of the wolves, his vocal cords unable to make a sound like theirs. But the wolves howled with him regardless. It felt like the wild sound had lifted the weariness from him, the feeling of being an outsider, the reservations about their presence instilled from years of solitude. He felt the beginnings of belonging stirring there a thought of his dad and hope. A lower-pitched howl sounded beside him, not as long as the almost mournful cries of the others, more frequently sounding and deeper, the deep bass of the outfit in their symphony. Styles was breathless and laughing by the end, by the time the howls finally quieted, and when Styles looked over at Derek, in the soft, buzzing silence, Derek's eyes were bright with the first light of day. The wolves slunk over, curling up close around them like a puppy pile so that Styles was more surrounded by warmth than he could ever remember being. It was like a signature between their beautiful composition of togetherness. Though they must have regained their autonomy, if he recalled Derek's intermittent explanations about the effects of the moon on bitten wolves correctly, but they, Cora included, seemed to prefer their wolf skin. Perhaps it was out of habit and comfort after all the years of being at the mercy of the wilderness together, or simply to defend against the cold. Styles didn't mind either way. It was easier to react to them as wolves, simpler when they were enjoying the, their basic selves acting only on their deepest, most base desires, and therefore freeing him to do the same. Styles flopped on his back like he'd done in his own backyard with his mother in the, their flower beds, staring up at the sky. It was miles away from the darkness of the mine, from the perilous forehead where he almost lost the ability to ever go home, to, to find home, find his dad where he'd almost lost Derek.
He drifted with the wolves his kind had feared, holding his warmth in, and with Derek's fingers curled at the inside of his wrist like an intimate kiss. Finite. So Derek's not in wolf form like the others. No. The four betas are. The four betas are. They're now betas because they have an alpha. Because they have an alpha. So, like, can betas, and I want to ask this, can betas bring an in outsider in to the pack that may not be al- Beta rised? Like, can an Omega uh, like be accepted by betas? Okay, so a beta can bring an Omega to the Alpha, and the Alpha can accept the Omega into the pack. But a beta cannot bring a an Omega into the They can't, like, bring well. it into to become a beta. Yeah, no. So, Core is a beta. Yeah. And so she was just kind of looking over these Omegas, because she still has, like, some sort of humanity. Uh-huh. Okay. And uh, they became betas as soon as they submitted to Derek. Derek, right. So, like, a be- an omega can always become a beta. A beta can become an alpha. An alpha beca- can become an omega or a beta. Can a beta it's like become a cycle. An- Did you say beta can become omega? Yeah, a beta can become an omega. A beta can become an alpha. An omega can become a beta or an alpha. Uh-huh. So... You can always roll, rise or fall in the pack, but in order to become an alpha, you have to kill the alpha. So can an omega kill the alpha and be alpha? Yeah. No matter what, just as long as the alpha is killed by you, uh-huh. you become the alpha. Yeah. Hmm. So the betas can also, like there's a such thing as a true alpha who can rise to the form of alpha themselves, but it is really, really rare. Sounds good. Okay, so back to the story, though. How many of Gerard's people, do we know how many of Gerard's people they killed? All of them. Including Gerard? Or no, did he Gerard's get away? just knocked out. They ha- Derek is carrying Gerard over his shoulder like a sack of potatoes. Oh. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Literally. Swung his limp body over his, like, a sack of potatoes. I don't even think we have anything. I don't have any predictions for next week. I don't know where we're going to get from here. Yeah. Okay, I'm hoping that they go, like, they'll, but they're going to take Gerard with them? Awkward. But, like, I hope they go towards the settlement. Yeah. Uh, Right now, they're they're in a big puppy pile sleeping. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Gerard is kind of, I think they kind of just have Gerard next to a tree. Yeah. Um... But Gerard isn't dead. All of his um, all of his hunters are dead, but Gerard isn't. Yeah. Uh, Styles knocked Gerard out with the butt of his shotgun. Right. Yeah. So Styles now has a shotgun. Yeah, but will he take it or will he leave it in the car, like with his crossbow? <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh. The only logical thing probably for them to do is to go towards the settlement. Do you remember about how far they were? And I don't know if they talked about this in the past because I know they had to go kind of out of the way to get to this mine area. Uh-huh. 
Do you know, like, how long they have to get to the settlement? Would it be, like, a day's uh, trip in the car? I don't remember. Okay. Yeah, I'm just curious because, I mean, they have to keep Gerard, like, locked up somehow, like, ropes yeah. or, like, something or, like, just keep knocking him out. You shall see next week. Yeah, absolutely. Yay. But, uh... He wakes up to a weirdo, a weird puppy pile, like... I know next next week you will get more of Smut. my... <clears throat> I don't know. Damn it. You will get more of my Louisiana accent. So, to our chaotics, we apologize if this one was a rough listen. Uh, we won't do it in a, again. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. It's a little fun. It's a little fun to be a little tipsy, but, you know, we're, we're a giant train wreck. That's, that's totally fine. Okay. So thank you, Chaotix. This is Johnny. And this is Jess. Um, you know, join in on the conversation in our Facebook group. Uh, you can find us at the Ships of Chaos and, um, have a wonderful week. We'll see you next Chaotic uh, Thursday. Yeah. Finite. Thank you for joining us on our journey today. We'd like to thank Hyper Little Noi for allowing us to read her masterpiece, Radio Tower, and to our listeners who welcome us into their homes every week. We love any reviews, downloads, subscriptions. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and archive of our own as Ships of Chaos. Thanks for listening and we will see you next Chaotic Thursday.